0: Let's play Wolf Wars! First question. Are you doing the work?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with, like, probably not.
0: Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kercher. You're listening to IcyMI, In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. So what are we starting with today, Rachel?
1: We're starting with this video that I saw on TikTok the other day that has brought me so much joy, and very few things bring me this much joy, and so I simply must share it with you and with the ICY my guys. We're still working on that, but <laughs> <laughs> Jerry's still out. <laughs> what we're not working on is this video of this baby. This baby is like the platonic ideal of a baby, like the most beautiful cheeks, a baby of color, which we love, and just their mom. Whenever she sings watermelon sugar from the iconic Harry Styles song, Watermelon, watermelon Sugar, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> the baby just says the next line, which is watermelon sugar high, but this baby just says it like they're saying hi to you.
0: Like, hi. And it's just so <laughs> cute. <laughs> Watermelon sugar. Hi. Watermelon sugar. Hi. Watermelon sugar. Hi. Watermelon sugar. Watermelon sugar. Hi. This video is perfect. I was very glad you sent it to me, even though you yes. sent it to me well after my bedtime of 10:30 p.m.
1: Well, I was like, if Madison is asleep. This will be a perfect thing to wake up to. And if she's not asleep, that's her fault.
0: <laughs> Both valid points. For our loyal ICYMI listeners, here is the pivot. Here's where we uh, we take you away from the little bit of candy we sprinkle in at the top and we hit you with the, the real meat of the episode.
1: On today's show, we're going to be talking about the word that's on the tip of everyone's tongue these days. Even our listener, Nora, who wrote in asking about this. Thanks for writing in. That's right. We're finally talking about wokeness, wokeism, the woke
0: a cola Not woke cola
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even come up with that one, I swear.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, guys. We have finally done it. We have reached peak wokeness. It's infecting our schools. It's infecting our culture. Woke recruitment propaganda. Most people aren't ready to sign up for woke
1: politics integrated into every aspect of their lives. We are going to today, as Caitlyn Jenner recently tweeted, wake the woke. I'm just fucking kidding because that's a nonsensical fucking sentence. Shouldn't we be putting the woke back to sleep?
0: Some very bad metaphors aside, the word woke and the disparate sociopolitical trends that it captures have become perhaps the clearest fault line in the American culture wars. And we're going to talk about how we got here.
1: How a word that originated in Black American slang, how did this word turn into a rallying cry for the right? And what do we do now that we're here? In internet parlance, should woke now be canceled? Oof, I'm so sorry I said that. Or can we, and by we, I mean the people who invented the word, salvage any of woke's original meaning? So, Madison, we have to start off by asking, as the token white woman of this podcast, where did you first hear the word woke?
0: So, absolutely earlier than this, because in my mind, the timestamp on this is certainly too late for woke's growth and digression in cultural vernacular. But the thing that immediately comes to mind is Matt McGorry. (laughs) The orange is the new black actor yeah. who then, like, rebranded himself as woke Bay internet boyfriend. Oh, my God. Proto-feminist dude. The phrase woke Bay
1: just unlocked so many, like, <laughs> BuzzFeed <laughs> yes. of, yes. like,
0: Hassan from, like, the Young Turks. Like, oh, my God. I, look, there. I'm not saying that, uh, I just Googled and the first thing that comes up is, can we talk about how woke Matt McGorry was in 2015? Thank you, BuzzFeed.com. That's the last we're going to talk about it. I assume you're going to uh, walk me a little bit further back than where my broken brain stopped in 2015. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a long, approximately centrally long tour, even though most people's And by most people, most white people's introduction to the word woke was post-Ferguson in 2014 in the uprising that sprang out of the murder of Michael Brown. Stay woke then became a rallying cry as protesters were tear gassed in the street. And it became this rallying cry. But it's a phrase that had been used in Black communities for years before the emergence of Black Lives Matter. And so... Before we really kind of get into all that, I really want to give a shout out to Aja Romano at Vox. They wrote this incredibly detailed essay on the origins and history of woke in 2020. And I will be citing that extremely heavily here because it's just like you ever just read a piece and you're like, wow, the research. The effort that went into this, I can see it just on the page. And so thank you so much.
0: The pieces that uh, let you sleep better at night because, you know, you'll never have to take up the mantle because it's already been nailed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
1: But according to Romano, the earliest known examples of wokeness as a concept kind of revolved around the idea of black consciousness, quote unquote, waking up to a new reality. And this dates back to the early 20th century And here Romano cites a 1923 call from none other than Marcus Garvey, who I'm not going to tell you who that is. You can look it up. And in this kind of collection of aphorisms, Marcus says, wake up, Ethiopia, wake up, Africa. And it's this call to his listeners and to his readers to wake up to the kind of reality of what black life is in 1920s America and in 1920s global politics writ large
0: so there's a real disconnect between the these original very literal waking up roots of the word woke you're describing what is like the next turn of the screw so the
1: next kind of usage of woke is in 1931 it's used in a song by blues musician Hughie Ledbetter, better known as Lead Belly. He uses it while he's kind of explaining the origins of a protest song he wrote about the Scottsboro Boys. And the Scottsboro Boys are nine black teenagers who were accused of raping two white women. The song is appropriately called the Scottsboro Boys. So while doing this interview about this song, he says the phrase, stay woke, which is maybe one of the earliest instances of the phrasing that we are now seeing in 2021 kind of being bastardized across the internet.
0: And uh, you know, he showed me the Scottsboro boys, and I shake hands with him, so I made this little song about
1: down there. So I, I advise everybody to be a little careful when they go along through that, but stay woke, keep the
0: eyes open.
1: Leadbelly's Belly's warning here is, like, extremely vital to understanding the kind of origins of the word woke. It is not this kind of state of constant political perfection, which I think is how a lot of people think of it these days. Staying woke... <laughs> Twitter.com, not just Twitter.com, like the highest places of like cultural production, the New York Times, like Caitlyn Jenner's brand. SNL, Caitlyn Jenner. Like people fully believe that wokeness is a political ideology. When if you look at what Lead Belly is kind of speaking to right now, it's a means of protection. It's a call to Black Americans to be aware of. The many dangers of white America and extrajudicial racial violence, which were just rampant in 1931 and continue to be rampant in many ways. And so it's a warning. It's a call. It's not stay woke, as in you will know everything about any given topic at any given time. It is, in fact, saying you constantly need to be looking for new information and processing new information so that you can stay alive.
0: What you're describing is the mainstreaming of woke, but it seems like the word hasn't totally broken through yet. When would you say like it really becomes a mainstream term?
1: So really, really mainstream, probably around like 2014, as I kind of said at the beginning, but the first kind of glimpse of it going mainstream is in 1962 with a New York Times piece by a Black novelist named William Melvin Kelly. And the piece is titled, If You Woke, You Dig It. No Mickey Mouse Can Be Expected to Follow Today's Negro Idiom Without a Hip Assist, which I love how long that title is. Let's bring back (laughs) 27-word headlines. (laughs) And so, as Romano notes, this piece is Ironically, about how white America appropriates and bastardizes black vernacular. The call is coming from inside the house. Like very prescient, but also just really indicative of how not new any of this shit is. And sometimes it's funny, but sometimes it's deeply insidious including the way people use woke, which is now a way to kind of gesture at the community the word comes out of without explicitly saying so. Kelly, the writer who wrote that piece in the New York Times, also kind of makes an interesting point about the kind of subterfuge that's inherent in a lot of Black vernacular. And Kelly writes, the language was used primarily for secrecy, exclusion, and protection— if your master did not know what you were talking about, he cannot punish you, and you can maintain your ignorance or innocence. And that may be one of the reasons why woke kind of flew under the radar for so long between these usages in 1920 and 1962 and where we are now in 2021.
0: So that's the 60s. Feels like we have a lot of ground to cover. What's next? What gets us into the next century? So next
1: up, 2008, which, yeah, we're going about 40 years into the future. But Erica Badu releases a song called Master Teacher, and the refrain of that song is I Stay Woke. In Master Teacher, the phrase stay woke is used to signal at three different things. There's one which is the very literal meaning, to just, like, actually just stay awake. And then there's the one which was what was kind of primarily being used on Twitter pre-Ferguson, which is being suspicious of a cheating partner. And then there's the original political meaning of it, which is to stay aware of the ways in which racism and inequality plays out in daily life in America. So before Ferguson, this is kind of the three primary ways that Black people are using the phrase stay woke. But as we turn from like the late 20th to early 21st century into like the 2010s, the kind of last point before we arrive at where we currently are is Ferguson in 2014, which in so many ways was this mass political awakening and radicalization for a generation. I count myself among the people who kind of experienced political awakening. And it's not like I hadn't been aware. Like, I had gotten the talk growing up from my parents. Like, my parents kind of actively instilled in me a kind of wariness of America writ large. The phrase, you have to work twice as hard for half as much, was kind of a constant refrain in my household. And Trayvon Martin had been killed a few years earlier. And that's what I think is kind of frustrating about the way people talk about woke. It wasn't as if people were just in we're going if we're gonna carry this metaphor, like asleep before then. It's that this is kind of a moment in which a lot of things become clear including the way Ferguson was preying on black citizens to like fill its coffers and giving them like a shit ton of tickets. Like the Department of Justice finally came in and investigated and found that the way that black people were pulled over and ticketed in Ferguson was deeply discriminatory and violated their civil rights. And so like stay woke in a way is kind of like the confirmation of the things that you were suspicious of. And so in 2014, as people are like spilling out into the street and like tanks are rolling through Ferguson, Missouri, the stay woke hashtag on Twitter kind of stays active for years. I think the moment in which it kind of fully, fully goes mainstream is around 2016 when Childish Gambino uses stay woke as a refrain in Redbone, which banger of a song, That song is then used in Jordan Peele's Get Out and Jordan Peele says in interviews that he used that purposefully because the kind of point of Get Out is like (laughs) staying aware of your surroundings that are actively trying to kill you. That's enough history. When we come back, we're gonna dive into the deeply exhausting, very contradictory way that woke is now used.
0: Something to look forward to.
1: And we're back. We are going to play a clip from the new Showtime show hosted by Ziwe Fumadome. The show is appropriately called Z-Way. And the sketch is called Woke Wars.
0: Let's play Woke Wars. First question. Are you doing the work? Um, I'm going to go with
1: like probably not.
0: I love someone <laughs> who can say, hey, I'm not doing the work.
1: You. Uh, I would say minimally. You know, my fiancé is of Latina descent. She's kind of opened up my eyes to a lot of issues that I wasn't aware of prior to dating her. Hey, shout out to Latina wives! <laughs> <laughs> so the kind of premise of Book Wars is a kind idea? of Jeopardy! family feud style game, where in which Ziwe asked these hapless white people to know who Shirley Chisholm is, and W.E.B. Du Bois, um, they don't is the general gist (laughs) of what's happening here. The way that she's using woke here, which is kind of as a way to gesture at having a specific subset of knowledge that will kind of mark you as woke, is kind of a really pretty accurate representation of where we are right now and how the word is now being used. And I can only assume that it's, it's clearly satirical since none of this arbitrary knowledge does anything to further equity in real life. Like, yes, you should know who Shirley Chisholm is. You should know who W.E.B. Du Bois is. You should know there is indeed a Negro national anthem, not least because Beyonce played it at Coachella. But it's kind of ultimately arbitrary knowledge in the way that most American history is arbitrary knowledge. And it's it doesn't really <laughs> pertain to how you are, quote unquote, doing the work in 2021.
0: Wait, you mean being able to recognize Colin Powell on site? does not satisfy. (laughs) Damn. But how do we get from the way
1: Lead Belly was kind of using Stay Woke, which is this call to action, to Woke as this incoherent political ideology and kind of virtue signaling way of moving through the world? None other than SNL. Your least favorite television production. You might think I'm joking, but I'm not. And now there's SNL because it's not funny. SNL did a skit in 2017, which was just a year after Redbone came out and a few years post Ferguson. SNL decides to kind of lampoon the idea of woke with this sketch called Levi's Wokes.
0: I'm me.
1: I'm unique. I'm woke. Woke, woke.
0: I'm woke. So, why aren't my jeans? Now they are. Introducing Levi Wokes, sizeless, style neutral, gender non-conforming denim for a generation that defies labels. Levi's heard that if you're not woke, it's bad.
1: So we made these. This sketch very accurately sums up what mainstream white society think of people who use woke. And this is in, again, 2017. It's this kind of superficial, focused on speaking the right language, and that's it. Like, no connection at all to the actual quote-unquote work. It's this way to kind of hold a moral high ground just by speaking the right words and saying the right words. Which, to be clear, there is a way in which social media has kind of accelerated what's happened to woke. And I think that what the Levi's woke ad is trying to, ad, whatever, sketch, whatever, is trying to get at is this very real dynamic that's playing out online. Some people might refer to it as, quote unquote, virtue signaling. And that's because social media is inherently performative. But social media is also the place where most white people interact with black cultural production. Since uh, most white people don't have black friends, this is not just me spouting shit off. There was like a 2014 study that said that most like three fourths of white people have zero black friends. The thing is though, if the only place you're seeing black vernacular is online, you're going to miss most of it because the thing about AAVE and most black vernacular and like most language in general is that a lot of it is nonverbal and it's contextual. And so if the only way you're seeing woke is online, you're going to see it as describing a set of easily like repeated behaviors rather than as a kind of way of moving through the world.
0: Right, and if you're only seeing it online as a white person on the internet like it'll be contextualized by the spaces that you frequent and by mm-hmm. the people that you f- right? so like you're getting the usage of the word woke like twice three times four times removed
1: exactly people think that the internet is inherently democratic and like yes sometimes shit filter like Once shit filters up to the top level of popularity, like it's generally about like six degrees removed from like its actual creators, and so you might be seeing something that you may not have otherwise had access to because you don't have any black people in your life that are not like in service positions and being asked like you have to you're telling them what to do, but that doesn't mean you're you know what the fuck you're talking about, and it doesn't mean that seeing Buzzfeed calling like Hassan Piker. Or Matt McGorry, quote unquote, woke bay is the way that we should be using the word woke. And so, what you get from this constant like divorcing and decontextualizing of the word woke is this idea that wokeness is a thing that you can aspire towards, not only aspire towards, but achieve. Attain, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so you get this really kind of gross performance of racial consciousness that's just like all posture in this way. Woke basically becomes empty on both sides. And by both sides, I mean, I'm only talking about white people here, like both white people sides. So you get white liberals who think, <laughs> sing you the song of my people. Uh... <laughs> Is it sweet Alabama? <laughs> Yeah, right. Whatever the opposite of "lift every voice and sing" is, "Sweet Caroline."
0: That's the song I was thinking Sweet of. Sweet Caroline, gets white people fucking high. It is Sweet Caroline. You are absolutely <laughs> correct. You put in the Neil Diamond, and we just flock.
1: <laughs> but so anyway, woke basically becomes empty <laughs> on kind of like both sides of the white people aisle. You get white liberals who think by doing a Pepsi commercial that appropriate protest imagery that they are quote-unquote woke yeah i brought that back up a cursed bridge too far <laughs> and they think that's this way to like acquire woke points but so this is the white liberal side the other side is much worse the the white liberal side is annoying and actively harmful in a few different ways the other side it smells a little bit like fascism so <laughs> around 2017 2018 I think this is actually kind of where I would assume, Madison, you're kind of getting, I'm assuming you're seeing this happening online as well, is when we're starting to get white people who, again, had just heard this term like maybe four years earlier, they start turning against it. Not just turning against it, but turning against the idea of it, because, again, there is no coherent political ideology behind the word woke, and there never has been. But also, use your words. Like, the people who are using wokeness to capture all these fucking disparate political things happening are mostly writers who should have an ability to be able to tease out what exactly they're talking about, but it is, in fact, extremely convenient from a cultural war perspective, to be able to use a word like woke to signal at approximately seven different things. And then there's also just the disingenuous of it all, where in which you say that wokeness is a political ideology, you're not talking about anything. You're talking about people who talk about race. And that just immediately brands you as a woke karate, a member of the woke karate. I don't actually know like how people use these words in grammatical sentences. <laughs> i don't think
0: they do right i get hung up on the idea that the people lobbying this around in bad faith are also basically being willfully obtuse to the fact that it's like an unattainable state of being like no one is asking of anyone to be perfect to espouse like flawless ideology on everything to have a working understanding of gender and race and sex theory at all times You could still be quote unquote woke if you you ascribe to how that word works on Twitter in 2021. You could still be woke and say the wrong thing sometimes.
1: In fact, you probably will. That is how learning and being in the world works. You're going to fuck up at some point. But obviously the kind of cancel culture cabal has fully glommed on to woke and turning woke into this catch-all phrase that people can look at and have a kind of hazy understanding of what you're gesturing at is bad for language, perhaps bad for democracy, definitely bad for the culture wars. The new frontier of which is critical race theory,
0: which is going through the same turn that woke already went through. And when you say going through the same turn, you mean sort of being just reinterpreted and diluted into a toothless, meaningless set of phonemes. Yeah. I mean,
1: no one knows what the fuck they're talking about when they're talking about critical race theory besides the fact that someone is talking about race. And every kind of discourse about race is now being termed critical race theory. And critical race theory is unequivocally bad in the modern conservative kind of imagination, as is anything that is termed woke. And so now we're stuck talking about what the fuck wokeness means in 2021 when we should have never been here because it's stupid.
0: I do really apologize for uh, stepping into the good white person role of like, please give me homework, give me an action (laughs) item, tell me something I can do. (laughs) (laughs) I mean,
1: lest you think this is all just an online discourse between quote unquote young wokes and everybody else, this shit is spilling into state legislatures across the country who are actively trying to ban critical race theory, whatever the fuck that means in my home state of Texas, that means that teaching the Texas War of Independence was not about slavery when it in fact was. That falls into the heading of critical race theory. This is something really important and it's gonna affect what children are learning for the next few decades at the very least. And so kind of figuring out like the clarity of language in what critical race theory is referring to is very important. So, you know, call your
0: state senators. And also maybe call your U.S. senators and let them know that making Juneteenth a federal holiday can't be where the, uh, the quote unquote work stops.
1: And that is the end of ICYMI, the education podcast. Reading
0: Rambo logo. Uh, <laughs> No, but really, that is the show. Icymi would not be possible without support from our listeners. Slate Plus helps us keep our show going. It means you get to listen to our episodes with no ads, and it costs just a dollar for your first month. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday, so please subscribe. Uh, It's the best way to make sure you hear every episode. And uh, please consider leaving us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. They can follow us on Twitter, so can you, at Icymi underscore pod. Our DMs are open for now. Don't make us regret that. Uh, But we do really (laughs) love love hearing from listeners. And, of course, you can also always drop us a note at Icymi at Slate.com. Who knows? You might hear yourself on the show. ICYMI
1: is produced by Daniel Schrader and Jasmine Ellis. Our supervising producer is Derek John, Horace Wickman, Allegra Frank, or Slate's culture editor. Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online.
0: Or not. What does fascism smell like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I thought for a later time. <laughs>